Welcome to a special edition of The Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll & Mooring. Our podcast is a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts, lawyer or executive should be without. This is Peter Ayer, and I'm joined by two of my colleagues today, Michael Gruden and Nkechi Kanu, to discuss DOD's proposed rule for the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program, known around industry as CMMC. The proposed rule was released on December 26th, and it's big news for contractors. So we've got a lot to talk about today, and I'm really excited uh, for the program ahead. So Michael, why don't you get us started? Can you explain what CMMC is and what's the background that got to this proposed rule? Sure. Thanks, Peter. CMMC is an assessment model released by the DOD in response to the growing threat of cyber attacks and data theft from its supply chain vendors. The DOD had previously issued various cyber requirements, such as the DFAR 7012 safeguarding clause, but realized that loss of sensitive government data from foreign nation state actors continued, and that the 7012 clause self-certification or honor system of implementing security requirements was insufficient, and thus they created CMMC. Under the proposed rule, the CMMC program requires every federal contractor that handles DOD-sensitive data to comply with certain cybersecurity requirements. To achieve certification, you're required to prove that your organization can meet a myriad of security controls and the volume and stringency of these controls correlate to the sensitivity of the data a contractor will handle. Perfect. Okay, so that's really good context and background. And Ketchy, why don't we turn to you? Can you talk about the key elements of the proposed rule? What are kind of the major headlines coming out of this? Sure, happy to, Peter. The proposed rule formally establishes the CMMC program. It defines the security controls that are applicable to each of the three CMMC levels. It establishes processes and procedures for assessing and certifying compliance with CMMC requirements, and it defines the roles and responsibilities for the federal government, contractors, and third parties for the assessment and certification process. If finalized as proposed, the rule will significantly impact the CMMC regime, notably by requiring senior company officials to complete an affirmation for every CMMC level self-assessed or certified. It's also important to note at the outset that there is a separate rulemaking that will update the DFARS to align with this proposed rule to implement the CMMC requirements to applicable contractors. So what are the tiers and triggers for uh, each of the different uh, stages, Michael? How, how should companies be thinking about that? Now, there's three different stages or three different tiers, as the CMMC refers to it. And again, it really depends upon the type of data that the company will be handling. So starting at level one, CMMC level one includes 15 requirements that actually correlate to an existing um, FAR clause, the FAR Basic Safeguarding Clause 52204-21. And that's expected to apply to contractors that handle federal contract information, which is essentially any information handled under a government contract that's not public or simple transactional information. The real bread and butter of CMMC lies in level two. That includes 110 requirements from a specific cybersecurity publication, NIST um, 800-171, revision two. Um, and it's expected to apply to contractors that process, store, transmit, controlled unclassified information 
information or CUI, which is federal information that requires protection under law, regulation, or government-wide policy and is listed in the CUI registry. Common CUI categories for defense contractors include controlled technical information and export controlled information. But I'll note that there is over 100 categories and subcategories of CUI, so you really want to understand really what that is because it's quite significant in terms of the scoping. And then lastly, at level three, um, level three um, has 24 select requirements um, from a separate standard under NIST um, 800-172 in addition to requiring full implementation of NIST 800-171. So there's 110 controls that I already mentioned. Those are required to be implemented in addition to 24 from 172. And this is expected to apply to a small subset of DOD contractors who process, store, or transmit high-value critical assets of CUI. Got it. So there's sounds like a, a lot here and a lot for companies to be thinking about. And Ketchy, what's the implementation timeline and where will applicability kick in? Yeah, that's a great question. So the proposed rule contemplates a four-phase implementation plan over approximately a three-year period. The initial phase begins on the effective date that the CMMC revisions to the DFARS become effective under the separate rulemaking I mentioned earlier. This first phase will include CMMC level one or level two self-assessments as a condition for award under applicable solicitations and contracts. Phase two begins six months after the start date of phase one, and that will include CMMC level two certification assessments. Phase three begins one year after the start date of phase two and introduces CMMC level three certification requirements. And phase four includes all CMMC requirements and all applicable solicitations. Importantly, the rule notes that inclusion of CMMC requirements as a condition for award will be at the discretion of DOD program managers until full implementation in phase four. CMMC requirements they are expected to be included in all DOD solicitations valued above the micro-purchase threshold, except for procurements that are exclusively for COTS items. However, CMMC requirements are not applicable to government information systems that are operated by contractors in support of the government. Additionally, the CMMC proposed rule states that the program requirements may be waived in advance of a solicitation at the discretion of DOD, but this will be in very limited circumstances. So when is the earliest that companies may start seeing this? Do either of you have a sense of that in terms of what you're hearing, what you're expecting? Really great question. I mean, I think that that's what everybody wants to know and has wanted to know for many years now. But I mean, if we look at it from a rulemaking perspective, I mean, I think what we've been hearing is I think the earliest that this is expected to be finalized is late 2024. But I think we've really been hearing early 25. So I think that that would likely be when we would see these initial sort of implementation hit. Got it. That's great. Michael, so another question for you. Are third party assessments going to be required as part of this regime? Definitely. Third-party assessments will be required for most handlers of CUI requiring a CMMC Level 2 certification. These assessments will be conducted by certified third-party assessment organizations, also known as C3PAOs. Some contracts requiring a Level 2 certification will only require a self-assessment versus a third-party assessment, but we're really talking only about 5% of companies handling CUI based on the DOD's projections. And then at the level three certification level, the Defense Industrial Based Cybersecurity Assessment Center, also known as DIBCAC, will perform certification assessments. So it'll be a third party conducting the assessment, but essentially it's going to be the government. 
Got it. Okay. And Kenshi, under the 7012 clause, we talk a lot about POAMs or plans of action and milestones. Is that a thing under CMMC? Are POAMs going to be permitted? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So as you stated, POAMs have been relied on by contractors um, under the current framework of the 7012 clause. And POAMs will be permitted under the CMMC regime, but with some very important limitations. So first, POAMs are not permitted for level one assessments. Second, for level two and level three, POAMs are generally not permitted for security requirements with a point value of greater than one, and they are only permitted if a contractor achieves a particular and minimum assessment score. They also must be closed within 180 days of the initial assessment, and a failure to close out a POAM within the required timeframe can result in the loss of a certification and loss or termination of a contract award. Michael, what are some things that companies should be doing now to get ready, even though this may be months, perhaps a year off? Obviously, there's a lot for companies to do. What are some key takeaways and what should companies be doing now? Yeah, I completely agree. Really, now is the time to really look um, internally at your cyber compliance. I think there's three core things that we'd recommend, but there's obviously many other things you could be doing. But I think the first thing is to know your data and to know your network. Understand and determine whether you handle only federal contract information or if you handle CUI. And if you do, understand where it is on your network and where it flows. Do you have a way to sort of limit or segregate or segment the data or is it throughout your entire network? Because that really informs your compliance approach. And then that feeds into the second recommendation, which would be to refine your documentation. When we look at really what an assessor will look at or what's required to even complete a self-assessment, they're really the core requirement is to have that documentation, your system security plan, describing how you actually have implemented all the various controls. And for the controls that you've not implemented, having those POAMs in place. But you really want to take heed to what Nkechi was referring to with regarding the POAMs, that there are certain security controls where you cannot have a POAM. So you really would want to look at those and determine if you currently have any gaps or there's mandatory controls. And if you do, put a plan in place to close those out before finalization of the rule. I think the last thing to consider would be actually having a privileged assessment. Really, now is the time where you can kind of have that sort of preparedness phase where you can engage an external third party. But again, if under privilege, it's not discoverable. So again, any type of legal risk of anything that might be found during the assessment could be, again, obfuscated if that's conducted by an outside third party that actually is a legal counsel, for instance. You know, we're a CMMC registered provider organization, so we're equipped to help companies prepare for their assessments and interpret controls to ensure they pass their assessment and don't inadvertently misinterpret a control or make a misrepresentation to the government. Got it. That's good. Uh, those are good thoughts. Thank you. So, Nkechi, what are the big risks here for, for contractors? How do you think about that if you're at a company? What are the risks that you should be thinking about? So, as I noted earlier, the proposed rule requires affirmations. Affirmation from a prime contractor and any applicable subcontractor to annually affirm compliance with the mandated security requirements. At levels two and three, contractors must also affirm their compliance after every CMMC assessment, including after any POAM closeout. Like the self-assessment score, these affirmations will be submitted electronically through SPURS, and contractors will not be eligible for awards under solicitations requiring CMMC until they submit their affirmations. So keeping those certification and also the affirmation requirements in mind, it really opens the door for 
FCA liability in the era of DOJ's increased focus on alleged cybersecurity noncompliance under the Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative. So contractors should take you know, actual documented steps to confirm their continuing compliance before submitting an affirmation rather than just treating it as a check-the-box exercise because the submission of an affirmation that misrepresents the contractor's CMMC compliance status could be viewed by the government as a false statement. And this could not only result in procurement consequences like contract termination or debarment, but it could also result in the DOJ seeking trouble damages and statutory fines under the False Claims Act under a fraudulent inducement theory of liability. In other words, the government would argue that the misrepresentation caused the government to award a contract when they otherwise would not have done so if they knew that contractor did not have the requisite CMMC certification. Let me follow up on one point you made to make sure I understand, and, and Mike Loringketch, you feel free to take this one. So is it fair to say that in addition to the false claims type risks, there's just a threshold eligibility risk that if you can't do these things by a certain date, you are no longer eligible for certain types of awards as a condition of securing contracts. Is that a fair way to think about an additional business risk here? Yes. That is definitely a fair way to think about it because the proposed rule requires the CMMC certification as a condition of award. And then, as we alluded to earlier, if you have poems, you can be issued a conditional certification. But if you then do not close out that poem within 180 days, you will not have continued eligibility to continue performing under that contract award. Got it. That's very helpful. So, Mike, the last question is for you. Right now, comments on the proposed rule are currently due on February 26th. Remains to be seen if there will be an extension or not. But what are some areas that you expect to see commentary from industry? Definitely think that we'll see some comments regarding these affirmations that I think you've heard us discussing today. I think a potential request for a delayed implementation of those affirmations. I think that industry is probably going to posit that again, because there's sort of been still a continued unknown with regards to when these requirements are going to hit or be final, that because of that and sort of all the unknowns, that again, companies are not going to be wanting to readily affirm or complete these attestations when there are such legal risks sort of tied together with that. And I think similarly along the same vein, we might see requests for a safe harbor regarding these affirmations and a request for the government to develop guidance or limitations on how other agencies may use these affirmations. When we think about the recent SEC reporting requirements for cybersecurity and related disclosures, I think companies are also concerned about sort of how that might sort of come into play with these disclosures. And then lastly, I think, again, just the general implementation timeline for the CMMC program, I think that industry may, again, pose questions regarding or suggestions that the government delay the implementation, perhaps an incremental 10% increase per year. So there's more time to actually ramp up and sort of implement these and to ensure that there's actually assessors that are available to assess all the requisite and needed organizations. That is all very, very helpful. Michael and Nkechi, thank you so much for joining. I should mention to our listeners that we also have a detailed alert on our website about this rule, and we'll be hosting a webinar on January 9th, and we hope you'll join us if you'd like additional details about this important development. So with that, we will wrap up. This has been The Fastest Five Minutes, brought to you by Kroll & Mooring. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. If you have any questions, I can be reached at 202-624-2807. Michael can be reached at 
202-624-2545. And Nkechi can be reached at 202-624-2872. Thank you so much for joining us. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast. <laughs>